What is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate. Chevron 7 locked. Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. And I'm Zach. This is episode 28, and we'll be talking about Stargate SG-1's episode, Message in a Bottle. A message in a bottle. You can find us on Google Play Podcasts and on Spotify Podcasts. And thank you to listener um, Zach. I can't remember the listener's uh, name who oh, emailed shoot. us. Yeah. As he's looking that up, listener so-and-so emailed us to say, yes, indeed, if you are on Spotify and you're like, Stargate, our uh, uh, podcast pops up. Arnak. Ah, yes, thank you. Thank you, Arnak. Uh, A-R-N-A-K-T. Arnak. Thank you so much for writing in and also letting us know. And then that means, friends, as you are telling people, hey, you should check out this podcast. All you have to do is just go to Spotify and search Stargate and it'll be there or whatever. But you can also find us on Apple Podcasts as well, which, Zach, by the way, we are getting more ratings. Thank you very much, friends, Ooh. for doing that as well. Sweet. Uh, and we'll, uh, yes, you, your homework, of course, if you, if you have not done it is to rate and review. Oh, I haven't checked on Google play if we've gotten any ratings. Um, and then click the little heart button. If you are a Spotify listener and if you are using just a regular old RSS feed, then you can just sit back and relax and not have any work to do because that's, I guess the benefit of figuring all that stuff out. And then Zach, when they, uh, when, they, when one of their friends decides to, uh, to let us know how awesome we're doing, how would they do that? Well, if you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com. That's W-A-L-K-I-N-G-T-H-R-O-U-G-H-T-H-E-S-T-A-R-G-A-T-E at gmail.com. I think I got all of those letters in there. I think you did, too. I, I will be honest. I wasn't paying that close of attention this time. Oh! I know! Uh, I mean, normally, yeah, I'm sorry. I'll do better next time, I promise. Uh, you know, there'll be another chance later on in the show. That's right. So I expect better behavior, Brent. Ha! <laughs> Fine. So email us. Tell us what you're thinking. Uh, you know, just just tell us uh, whatever cool thing happens to be in your Stargate world. Um, whatever it is, just let us know. Uh, also, you can find us on Twitter at Stargate Walking, uh, or find us on Faith Facebook. Facebook. Find us. On Facebook. Facebook. Facebook, Walking Through the Stargate. We have a Facebook page, and we have a Facebook group. Uh, so last week, Brent, we asked people to tell us where they were listening from. Mm-hmm. And so we had a lot of people uh, uh, tell us. Uh, thanks very much to Daniel for starting that thread in the Facebook group. Uh, that was one of those things that I had intended to do, and then I got busy and crazy, and all of a sudden, lo and behold, uh, Daniel jumps in there and starts the ball rolling, and he's awesome. from Australia, so that's awesome. Thank you, Daniel. Uh, we've got several listeners from uh, the United States, which is mm-hmm. cool, but I'm going to be honest, Brent, the coolest places for listeners is definitely uh, Tiago, and I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name, from Lisbon, Portugal. Nice. And uh, we've got uh, Kimo uh, from Espoo, Finland. And again, nice. I'm terribly sorry if I mispronounced your name, uh, but Portugal and Finland, you are the coolest. So, so yeah, the sun, can I, can I, I think it's safe to say then that the sun never sets on the walking through the Stargate Empire. Um, 
Yes. Yeah, well, we've got some yes. West Coast. Yes. We've got West Coast listeners. We've got East Coast listeners. We've got Europe listeners. Australia and Australia. Europe. And, yeah. Uh, there might be a couple of places where it gets close, but, uh, you know, hey. <laughs> but that's in the middle of the ocean. Close. We don't care about those. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank so, you so much, everybody. Yeah, thanks very much. Uh, if you haven't uh, uh, said, you know, said where you're from, uh, you are invited to go and find that thread on the Walking Through the Stargate Facebook group and uh, add to it. Uh, I did mention on there that I'm from central Iowa, mm-hmm. uh, and I refused to tell where Brent is from because, mm-hmm. well, it wasn't my place to say where Brent's from. Sure. Uh, and then our good friend David uh uh, says, will we ever know? And I'm still not going to tell you. Maybe Brent will. He's not on Facebook very often. But I will tell you this. I put this on Facebook just a little bit ago today, and I'll tell you right now. So Brent is working at a place that was used as an exterior shot for an episode of Stargate. Uh huh. It's true. So your task, dear listeners, <laughs> is to tell us where you think Brent lives slash works <laughs> it's probably not going to be too difficult but uh yeah there you go it's a scavenger hunt it is uh i i'll, I'll give you a further hint to you who listen and instead in those of you who only spend time on the facebook group you won't get this clue but uh you who listen will get it uh we yeah. have not yet gotten to that episode so the episode yeah. of the exterior okay. shot is in the future for where we are currently, yeah, good. Uh, that's a good. That's a good little uh, Easter egg for yep. uh, for, yep. for steadfast listeners. Nice. Uh, and uh, I, I have to say that uh, when when I first watched that episode, or when no, when I first watched that episode after I had met Brent, uh, I saw that exterior shot. I'm like, hey, hey, wait a second. That's that's, and it was cool. Yeah. So I'm actually kind of excited to to see that shot when the time comes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's only like three seconds long, but uh, yeah, but that's fine. You know, yeah, I'll, I'll be like, oh hey, <laughs> I know that. Yeah. So, um, that's our Facebook group. So come join us, have some fun, chat some Stargate, walk through yeah. some rings. Uh, you know, <laughs> post memes. Uh, yeah, you memes. know, post pictures of cats in Stargates. That's what the kids do. Yeah, uh, whatever. Cats in Stargates. <laughs> well, that's what the internet's for, right? Cats napping, napping through the Stargate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. See, that's how you stop the Gua Wold. You get a whole bunch of Is cats. Just- and jam up the gate. You just jam up the Stargate system. Meow. <laughs> 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 no, Fluffy. <laughs> All right. Oh. Uh, so shall Much we move fun. on? <laughs> yeah, let's let's get this going. Let's, let's talk get, about okay. this episode. So, Message in a Bottle is directed by David Worry Smith. This mm-hmm. is his third of six directing credits this season. We've seen him already with Prisoners and Need. Uh, so we see him here, Message in a Bottle. Um, mm-hmm. He had a total of 11 directing credits. If you want to know more about David Worry Smith, yes, he is one of those cool guys from the Kung Fu Legend Continues. <laughs> uh, check out our previous podcasts. Yeah. 
So, the story for Message in a Bottle is written by Michael Greenberg and Jared Paul. This is the first time we have seen their names in this role uh, on Stargate. Uh, as far as I can tell, Jared Paul, uh, this is, he only has two Stargate credits. Uh, both of them are story credits, not teleplay credits. Both of them are with Michael Greenberg. Mm-hmm. He's mostly an actor. Um, apparently, he did star along Richard Dean Anderson and John Delancey on a very short-lived series called Legend. And his mm-hmm. most recent credit is in the television show The Grinder, which uh, I think it was that Rob Lowe, I think, uh, mm. was in that. Okay. Uh, uh, that was actually a fun show. I enjoyed it until um, Fox, I think, canceled it. Um, but you can see him there. Michael Greenberg, this is his first of four total story credits. Um but uh, he is got a lot of fingerprints in Stargate because he is one mm-hmm. of the executive producers. Uh, so you'll see his name on the credits all over the place, but most of them as executive producer. Uh, but here we get him as the story uh, writer. The gotcha. teleplay is by Brad Wright. He's one of he's one of the creators of the show. Mm-hmm. And um, if you want to know more, listen to our previous podcast. All right. Uh, the original air date for Message in a Bottle is August 7, 1998. Uh-huh. Uh, in the UK, they were still listening to the Spice Girls <laughs> with Viva Forever. Huh. Huh. Um, so we could Did pull that just... up again and kind of jam to that. But sure, we could, but remember, so uh, uh, we thought it was going to be a fast song. It turned out to be kind of a slow song. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. So, you know, so we need to get our, our chill on. Just kind well, of... I also noticed that you, you still haven't talked about the U.S. charts. What U.S. charts? Oh, yeah, what U.S. charts? <laughs> I, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh. <laughs> Also, I, um, you know, uh, obviously pulled up uh, the Ricky Martin song from the Australia chart uh, oh, yes. and was immediately reminded about how this thing called the World Cup is a very big thing, which I know that, but I kind of forget how. So anyway, that Ricky Martin song was like the official uh, song for that year's World Cup in ah. France, right? It was in France, wasn't it in France? I think so. Yeah, it's it's the World uh, Cup. And I think I it was still, you know what, let me look it up. All right, so top. 40 Australia 1998 la 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 list of number ones in Australia well while Brent is figuring that out I'll move to the movies the box office for that weekend was again Saving Private Ryan Snake Eyes is a brand new movie at number two Halloween H20 I think that was or was it H2O I don't remember uh, that was number three. There's something about Mary hits number four, and the Parent Tramp rounds out the top five. Nice. So, and the number one song in Australia for August seventh was the Goo Goo Dolls with Iris. The... I think that's the one uh, from uh, City of Angels. Yep, that's right, City of Angels. And busy up the girl by the Goo Goo Dolls. By the Goo Goo Dolls. Yep. Although emphasis is on the Goo. The Goo. The first goo or the second goo? <laughs> the first one. <laughs> There's this great... So apparently the uh, uh, David Grohl, lead singer of the Foo Fighters, has a story about how Christopher Walken, when he was introducing them on a Saturday Night Live as the guest artist, 
earlier had asked them if the emphasis was on foo or on fighters and david Grohl responds deadpan it's on fighters when in fact actually it's not it's it's, it's you know it's foo fighters but uh uh christopher walken goes up there and now ladies and gentlemen foo fighters <laughs> so, <laughs> and so now it's like the goo goo dolls <laughs> all right oh. uh well, anyway that was the song iris Iris. Number one in Australia. All right. So, uh, what happened on August 7th, or right around August 7th, 1998? The short answer is, again, not much. Not much. A couple of days earlier than that, uh, America's Whose Line Is It Anyway? Of course, that was a spinoff or a ripoff of the <laughs> UK version, Whose Line Is It Anyway? Uh, but the America's Whose Line Is It Anyway? With Ryan Stiles, Colin Mockery, and Wayne Brady... And I think it was, um, uh, oh shoot, who was the host? Um, uh, it was, um, oh, uh, Drew Carey. Drew Carey, Drew Carey. Uh, uh, anyway, that debuted on August 5th, just a couple of yeah. days before this. Uh, and if you've never seen That's Whose cool. Line Is It Anyway, oh. you really should. It's a, uh, it's worth your time. Uh, well, mostly, a, most some of, the of time. those, yeah, some of those jokes did. Some of those jokes aged great. Some of those other jokes were like, whoo. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, that, that's the nature of improv, though. Uh, it, yes, and also looking at something 20 years later. Yep, yep. But I think they're still making Whose Line, or they have been making Whose Line Is It anyway off and on for the last 20 really? years. Uh, huh. I guess I don't know for sure if they're still making new episodes now or not. But in any case, it's still a good show. Funny. Worthwhile. Yeah. Um, so that's that. Uh, trivia for Message in a Bottle. This episode mm-hmm. shares many similarities with the Andromeda strain, mm-hmm. uh, including there's a plan for detailing with extraterrestrial ex- contagions, dubbed really? Wildfire. I did not. Uh, I guess yeah. I didn't read the Andromeda strain, which is weird. I probably well, should you know, have. Anyway. It, it, I've never read it either, but uh, uh, so I'm pulling this off of IMDb. No. Uh, I mean, that's, one of the that's Michael Crichton, right? Right? He did that. The and I don't Keep reading. All right. Uh, another one, the idea of an otherworldly pathogen being introduced to Earth and feeding on energy. Uh, also, a nuclear self-destruct activated automatically by the contagion dissolving uh, containment uh, and a struggle to deactivate the self-destruct as it will feed the pathogen enough energy to replicate over a significant por- portion of wow. the United States. So... This is sort of you know, Stargate's version of Andromeda Strain. Uh, their version, or <laughs> like a ripoff, because <laughs> that's exactly the point. <laughs> huh? Okay. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it an homage. An homage. Yeah. And actually, that is fair because I'm gonna be honest. Stargate loves to do an homage. Okay. All right. Fine. Um, so, uh, did you figure out where, who and what, what wrote where and how? Did you figure that out? Wait, the who now? The strain? Who wrote that? Oh, yes. Yeah, Michael Crichton wrote it. He wrote okay. it in 1969. I didn't realize that. 69. And they made a movie of it in, in 1971, which somebody else was making reference to that uh, Jurassic Park was written in, like, 91, and then the movie was in 94, I think, which... Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty quick. Although, I guess, um, like, The Da Vinci Code also comes to mind, right? That was written in, I don't know, what, 2000, I don't know, 8? 
and the movie came out in 2012 or so. I mean, like a re- another oh. relatively short amount of time. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, when you've got those those like New York Super Times bestseller yeah. movies or, or books like that, if they're going to capitalize and make a movie out of it, they've got to do it fast. Yeah, that's true, I suppose. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so continuing, uh, one of the the goofs. There are a few goofs in there, but the only one I'm going to mention today uh, is uh, Captain Samantha Carter gets stuck in the elevator on level 22, but when Jackson frees her, they're on level 28. That's just miraculous. Amazing. Yes, uh, six. Well, those six floors are really quite small. Well, you know, yeah, they're for the Lilliputian. SGC. <laughs> oh. uh, anyway, yeah, carrying okay. on. Carrying. Um, oh, another one that I did read that I didn't run in my show notes, but I'll say it anyway. Uh, apparently, I didn't see this, but there are a couple of scenes at least where you see uh, O'Neill is impaled in the shoulder, and yeah. and apparently that beam is supposed to be sticking into the wall, but as he shifts around a little bit. Uh, the bar shifts as well relative to the wall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, yeah. I suppose I could have noticed which, that, but I was, I didn't. Yeah. I was too, uh, I was too happy to see, um, uh, Stargate Scotty. Uh, I know he has a name, but, uh, uh oh yeah. Uh, uh, Dan Shea. Uh, yeah, that's it. Siler. Siler is, is he's, Siler. Cutting, you know, blowtorch yep. and trying to cut that thing. Can't go any faster. Yeah. Hardest substance I've ever seen. I, I I got a feeling I I I think I'm gonna just keep calling him Stargate Scotty. I, Stargate that feels Scotty. good. That feels right to me. Yeah, Stargate Scotty. Even though he already has Styler or whatever as a name. Yeah, <clears throat> fair enough. Uh, yeah. I mean, whenever you say Styler, I think of uh, Heroes, uh, the television mm-hmm. show Heroes. You remember that he was the villain in that uh, back when Heroes I was know good. Of the show, but uh, yeah. did you never see it? Uh, I. No, I think I might have seen part of a bit. I just uh, I did, never got into it. Fair enough. I don't know why for fair reasons. I, then it got like bad, didn't it? Then it like uh, start oh, great it, and then the, get bad. The first season was really really good, um, and then the second season started off strong, uh, but that was also the season of the writer strike. Oh um, right, and so the season ended halfway through. Um, yeah. And because of the writer strike, they changed an ending of things, and then everything just went weird uh, because gotcha. nothing quite made sense and continuity got all messed up. Um, yeah. And then it just devolved from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, a really, really sad uh, sci-fi uh, series and sad tale, you know. But we're here to talk about something that does not devolve. But that's something that evolves. Nice. No, okay. Let's talk about something that evolves. All right. So, Brent, hit us up with yes. the synopsis. Yes. All right. So, this, uh, again, kindly from the Stargate Command Wiki <clears throat> with some edits. Not a, hot, not a whole lot. This one was all right. My criticisms have, have dwindled a little bit. But, all right. Here we go. So, SG-1. SG-1 are on P5C-353. A sterile planet with a moonlight la- moon-like landscape, uh, and also notably not the moon, uh, as I was so anxious to make jokes of last time after seeing the trailer. Yes. Indeed, it is not the moon. Yes, I couldn't say anything. Their spacesuits, uh, yeah, but their spacesuits were still hilarious. Um, basically, overalls, but whatever. We're not going to get into that either. Um, 
Okay, they are looking for the source of EM radiation, which a probe has detected. The source is a spherical metal artifact, not of Gua'uld design. SG-1 are reluctant to take the artifact back through the Stargate, but Kamantha Samson (laughs) Carter... (laughs) Kamantha. But Captain Samantha Carter realizes the object must have a power supply which has lasted since Neanderthals were a dominant species hundreds of thousands of years ago. Colonel Jack O'Neill decides that the potential... Were Neanderthals ever actually a dominant species? I don't know. Certainly in Europe, but yeah. Okay. I mean, yes, you bring up a great point. When, When Homo sapiens and Neanderthals were running around, like... They were competitors and friends. And friends. And, yeah, you know, they intermarried. Mm-hmm. So, you know. So, and you know, your friend anyway. really could be a Neanderthal. Uh, yeah. 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 Okay. Well, moving on. Moving along. Colonel Jack O'Neill decides that the potential benefits outweigh the risks, and the artifact is brought back to the Stargate Command for study. Carter and Dr. Daniel Jackson make little progress studying the object, and SG-1 are about to leave on a mission to a primordial world when the artifact suddenly starts heating up and emitting high levels of alpha particles and beta particles and gamma rays and okay, I want to pause Skittles. Just a moment here. I'm, hmm, I'm going to cut yeah. you off again. But, but we've got a primordial world. Is this yes. actually a place where we should be sending people? Well, they just uh, they just wear the spacesuits that they had on just a second ago. Oh, okay. So toxic yeah. environments and, and the like are perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. Perfectly um, fine. Just wear your and, hazmat. Uh, you You'll know, be fine. You just just wear those white overalls with the with the plexiglass um, visor. It'll be nothing. Nothing will happen. Okay. It'll be great. All right. All right. Sorry. All right. So O'Neill decides right then and there to return the sphere to its original world. He and Tilk carry it to the gate room, but. When the Stargate is activated, the sphere shoots out metal spikes in all directions. One of the spikes penetrates O'Neill's shoulder and pins him to a wall. No! 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 At the behest of O'Neill, Teal'c attempts to destroy the sphere with his staff weapon, but it's of no use. Dr. Janet Fraser and the medical team note the absence of trauma in O'Neill's shoulder, yet O'Neill starts to show signs of an infection. Other people begin to become ill, and the SGC quickly discover that the infection can eat through concrete and is particularly attracted to the wiring. Fraser finds out certain antibiotics slow the infection, and Carter finds that low oxygen also slows its growth. Major General George S. Hammond orders the... Major General George S. Hammond orders the quarantine procedures known as wildfire, whereby the whole base is totally sealed and the base self-destruct is put on automatic countdown. Meanwhile, Carter has realized that energy speeds up growth of the organism and a nuclear explosion is just what it needs to help it spread all over the Earth. That would suck. When Hammond is... That would totally stink. When Hammond is told, he tries to cancel the self-destruct, but the base computers have now been infected and will not respond. Jackson sees an image on one of the computer monitors, which matches a symbol on the sphere. On the sphere? Wow, I am pronouncing all the words in strange ways today. Jackson sees an image on one of the computer monitors, which matches a symbol on the sphere, and he suddenly understands that the organism is trying to communicate. 
Carter suggests that they allow the organism to grow, and the oxygen levels are increased, with Teal'c firing his staff weapon at the sphere several times to provide more energy. O'Neill appears to have died as a result. But then his head rises, his eyes open. Hammond calls his name, to which he responds, O'Neill is here. Hammond then asks, Who else am I speaking to? And O'Neill says, We are also here. A discussion with the alien intelligence reveals that, although it has no desire to harm humans, it will not allow itself to be returned to its previous world and intends to remain and consume the Earth. Jackson suggests that the sphere allow itself to be taken to PG P4G881, the primordial world SG1 were due to visit, where it will have ample resources without interfering with other intelligent organisms. The sphere agrees, and the spikes retract, allowing a miraculously healed O'Neill to push it through the Stargate. The base computers reboot and the infection, with the infection removed, allowing this self-destruct countdown to be terminated at the last second. Is that it? That's it. That's definitely less of the notes. The end. So, Zach? Yes. <laughs> What'd you think? <laughs> so one of these days uh, we're gonna flip the roll back around, and Zach's gonna write up the synopsis, and then everything's gonna feel normal again. But yeah. right now, yep. yeah. Well, you know, so uh, this is Zach's incredibly busy time of the year at work, mm-hmm. um, and couple that with Zach trying to take on perhaps a few too many. Uh, extracurricular projects on top of everything <laughs> else uh, makes things very, very challenging. So uh, in addition to podcasting and work and extra work projects because it's a busy time of year, and uh, um, I'm also uh, just started directing a play in the community theater yeah. here, and in a month from now I'll be auditioning for another play that starts immediately after that play ends, assuming you get a part. Um, so... Um, Dude's a busy guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's busy. But anyway, we're not, not busy. Here. Time constrained. Time constrained. Time constrained. Uh, yeah. So, um, what did I think of Message in a Bottle? You know what? I liked this episode. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought it was a good episode. Um, you know, there, there are a couple of things along the way that uh, you kind of scratch your head and like, really? Um, and we might get to those. Uh, but I thought the story was a strong story. I thought the, the script was a good script. The acting was mm-hmm. well done. Um, I liked the special effects. The, the black lighting work on that stuff uh, went well. Um, yeah. It was a good story. Uh, so I liked it. Um, and I'm going to turn it back to you and say, so, Brent, mm-hmm. what'd you think? <laughs> I like this one, too. I thought this was pretty fun. And uh, I thought it was a really fun, tense story. I there were uh, lots of moments where I couldn't see how this was going to get resolved, and that was a that was cool. I like that. Uh, and you know when you know what's it going to take for them to get out of the pickle that they're in, mm-hmm. and when um, when the pickle gets resolved, even if it is in a way that is a little well, no, this was fine. Yeah, like it was. There was a little bit of like. Um, 
that logical leap of Jackson when he sees the symbol in the monitors and realizes that they're trying to communicate, like, sure, that's like, that feels like that's like a 75% like possibility, whatever, you know, like it's like probably more likely than not. But then there's also a very real possibility that all it's doing is just saying like, you know, you're you're ours now. <laughs> welcome, welcome <laughs> to our world. This is the symbol that you're going to be seeing for the rest of your life, which is going to be measured in seconds. Yeah. Um, like, <laughs> like, like, but whatever, it worked out. Um, I thought it was there was there was you know kind of some neat little stuff, even though the the writing on the sphere never really got resolved. Um, well, they never did. Know, finish, what was, fin- but there were like the equivalent of thousands of pages on that sphere. Yeah, think about how and, microscopic that would have been. Oh, totally. And also, like, I think that they were kind of heading towards something along the lines of, like, look, it's like an exponential number that just gets larger and larger, much like a virus. Well, sure, but it probably makes more sense that that writing, you know, it wasn't just a bunch of prime numbers <laughs> bolted onto the side of the sphere. Right. But they never they never got to it, which is OK. But the point is, is that that even that alone uh, which turned out to be something of a red herring, I guess. Um, well, barely. Uh, was kind of tantalizing. I liked it. I, you know, I liked having that little piece of information just hanging out there. Yeah. It was really cool. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite scenes is uh, they just got the the artifact back to the SGC, and Carter and and uh, Daniel are are working on it. Uh, and uh, they're asking that one lieutenant to, uh, you know, hit the record button or, or do something, and, uh, you know, uh, Jackson turns to Carter and says, you know, I think he likes you. Yeah. He's like, what? No! That's not possible! And he's like, uh, we're recording now. <laughs> and I liked um, I liked the moment where um, where Teal says that uh, undomesticated equines wouldn't pull him away. Yes, you I love that scene. Um, yeah, I really I thought that was uh, there. There were just like those two moments right there, just really, um, really helped to solidify these characters as not only colleagues but actually good friends. Yeah, and and uh, and you know family members type of thing. Um, which I thought was really, really good, especially between uh, Teal'c and O'Neill. I mean, they're they're mm-hmm. very much like brothers, uh, and you yeah. see that in that moment. Um, uh, yeah. Some one of the things that that I thought was a little bit odd. Uh, you have this relatively small sphere that apparently has the hardest substance known to humanity uh, in it, and it shoots out this. Uh, uh, a bar of of this uh, into the walls and whatnot, and of course one of them pierces O'Neill, and it bows significantly. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and I'm like, okay, it. it uh, I totally get it because you know we don't actually have the hardest substance right. to work with. Um, right. But also, where did it come from? Uh yeah, well you know you know from I mean, the moon there must be some sort of like mini replicator in that circle device <laughs> uh the sphere because otherwise uh, y- you know it wasn't even telescopic it was just the nope. straight bars yep 
hey, man, technology sufficiently advanced is indistinguishable from magic. Oh, well, then this is seriously advanced. Uh-huh. That's what I'm saying. Yep. Super yep. advanced. Um, Super advanced spiky technology. Yeah. Uh, it was cool. It was fun. Yep. There was something else that I had in my head that, that I want to talk about, and now it's slipping out of my brain. Well, while while you're while you're reaching around inside your brain guts to figure out where that one went, I'm gonna mention the only thing that I can think of that was even close to a bad thing on this one. It wasn't even that bad. It was just uh it was just a little chuckle moment where it once again the entire SGC is being faced down with a with a countdown to destruction and pretty much everybody's just kind of like, you know, again, super cool. Like they they are so ice cold when it comes to like their own inevitable destruction. Seconds away, 3 seconds away, 2 seconds away, 1 second away. Yeah. And everyone's like, "Yep." Uh, on the flip side business. though, uh, I mean, having, you know, as a standard practice, if you had a, uh, you know, code that you seal off the base, wildfire and whatnot, um, and, you know, it's designed to protect the Earth, to have a nuclear explosion that destroys it all, that all makes sense. Um, and if that's the reality in which you're living on a regular basis, um, you have two choices in that. Uh, one is to just, you know, strap it on and, and get to work because you have no other choice if you want to survive, or B, right. panic and die. <laughs> and, if you, and if you've risen to the best of the best, well, your best isn't good enough, then, uh, then yeah, you are, you are undoubtedly super cool under pressure. super cool under pressure Uh, but you are right here is yet another story where they turn on the base auto destruct and and with just seconds to spare they manage to not die it would be in my opinion i it would be fun ish it would be sort of fun to have a storyline following like some of the base guards and having them be like, you know, I'm super excited to be signing on for this top secret mission. Yay! And then having like them go through a week where the auto-destruct is actuated like four times. <laughs> <laughs> Each time getting down to less than a minute. And everybody else is walking around like this is normal. And they're like, this is the stupidest assignment I have ever been given. Come on, I, I am out. scrub toilets. <laughs> Anywhere right? but here. Anywhere but here. <laughs> Send me to Siberia, please. Oh my gosh. Cause you yeah, that's a good point. Like like the mess hall cooks. Everybody. Everybody has to be the best of the best. And part of being the best of the best is being willing to just give it all up and seemingly on the regular. Like, oh, and uh, it's Tuesday, and today is the day I'm going to d- Oh, I don't die. All right. So it's on my Thursday. schedule for Thursday is uh, uh, a mentally prep. Mentally, you know, so like, so like, you know, when we were young and in school, we had tornado drills and fire drills and yeah. all of this stuff. They have ah. nuclear explosion drills, self destruct <laughs> drills, <laughs> duck and cover. So, so I, I can imagine uh, uh, General Hammond is sitting there with uh, O'Neill and maybe a couple of the other uh, high ranking. Uh, members of the SGC and they're looking at their calendar and says, so uh, 
<laughs> on Saturday at 1047, we're going to uh, pull a drill, and uh-huh. everybody is going to think that we're going to blow up, and oh, we're going to just Saturday. practice everybody. Okay, so you yes, have to pretend so- that everything is perfect. And or not not perfect, but you know everything is like this is real. But everybody, but it's not really going to be real. But we got to like get everybody ready for this. So that's, See, that's Saturday at nine. Saturday's a bad day because we got uh, we got Jana's birthday parties going on in the mess hall. Don't want to disrupt that. So what about what about? Let's see here. What about Thursday? Is Thursday good for you? Okay, but SG One is going to be off world on Thursday. That's just not going to happen very well. <laughs> we need our flagship team here if we're going to pull this off. All right. Maybe if I move Jana's birthday party to Tuesday. How about we do that? Okay. <laughs> uh, that'll work okay uh so you talk to janet Next time on stargate <laughs> sg1 logistics <laughs> <laughs> and not interesting logistics either oh boy yeah see we're gonna have the we're gonna have the we're gonna have the custodial staff uh, on site that day i'm not sure that's gonna be a good idea either <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we have an outside contractor coming in to uh, <laughs> uh, buff the floors. <laughs> oh, because you don't, you know, like that's the thing is that if you're sitting around a big board table, um, we all want to live in a world where when folks get around the board table, they have interesting things to talk about, interesting things to talk to, to debate and make important decisions about but what's most people's experience <laughs> with that kind of a situation it's figuring out when the birthday party's gonna be <laughs> yeah yeah okay so uh, when are you doing what and how does that affect me right. okay it doesn't right. really affect me but it's a good thing for me to know that okay okay yes i will file that away in the places of things that i don't need to know about but i know about now and so you know it, it, it does so Lots of television series will sometimes spend an episode talking about the regular everyday people and, you know, like how even their lives are kind of adventuresome sometimes. Right. And, uh, you know, and I'll, I, there may or may not be an episode in our future with that, with 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 that happening in Stargate SG-1, but, you know, whatever. Uh, but it is hilarious to kind of consider how uh, if everybody in this environment is always operating under this high level of stress. Like what, what version of like superhumans? I mean, again, these are heroes, right? They're right. able to take care of the, of the, of the heaviest, most burdensome things. But I don't know. I'm just acknowledging that if people were constantly thinking that they were going to be dying on the regular like that, um, uh, or that they are on the front lines of humanity's effort to explore the cosmos, and at any point, uh, a, a, an alien race with a superior technology can come bursting through that gate and just nullify everything, right? You know, I mean, it's just like talk about stressful. Yeah, talk about a stressful job. Yeah, but I mean, is, is that significantly more stressful than, say, like for instance, Lewis and Clark as they explore uh, the Western United States, or? Um, Magellan as he goes around the world. Um, I, it, I mean, the, the I traits think, are kind of the same, aren't they? Eh, I am harping really specifically on this auto auto destruct joke, um, <laughs> where it, it, those those that you mentioned, of course, they were going off into the unknowns where death could be around any corner. But um, I can't think of any 
uh, stories immediately top of mind where the Lewis and Clark expedition or uh, Magellan's expedition were like literally eminently facing complete and utter destruction. No questions about it. No hope for escape at all. And that they uh, avoid it with seconds to spare. Um, well, you know, they, you know, death comes for us all. And they knew that that was a part of their of their agreement that they were going to be doing. But, you know, this this very specific instance of that, the base is literally on a self-destruct countdown and over the loudspeakers. <laughs> talk about another thing. Like, tell me exactly how knowing that you have five seconds left to live if you're three levels away, <laughs> like how that's a, how that's beneficial at all. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, if you're in the control room and you're desperately trying to solve it, uh you know, that, that's one thing. at least you know you're doing something. But imagine the the janitor on on level, yeah. uh, you know, twenty two, uh, who yeah. is is sitting there <laughs> and just biting his fingernails. He's like, right. Oh, and then of course the world doesn't end, and he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I Time gotta to find go clean another job. <laughs> Time to make the donuts. <laughs> so I, I want to get back to the message in a bottle here just a little bit. Yes. Um, so as you were reading the synopsis, you made mention that, uh, um, hey, let's send these this alien device to P4G881, the primordial world, right? Where there's ample right. resources without interfering with other intelligent organisms. How do you know there isn't an intelligent organism right. there? Also, right. even if there isn't intelligent organisms there, if there, even if there are um, microscopic organisms there, then that means that you have some beginnings of a life cycle already there. Yep. And now you're drinking this other one and putting it in there, which means effectively you are totally destroying that evolutionary scene and mm-hmm. putting in a new one. So, yeah, it saves our butts, but you just destroyed whatever that future world may have turned into. Also, the, the organism another, that comes thought. up with the cure of cancer could be on that planet. It could be. So <laughs> there's a Stargate on that planet. Which means somebody had to put the Stargate <laughs> on that primordial planet. So what happened in their un- their world, their 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 uh, the evolution of that planet that that brought it from at least a planet ten or fifteen thousand years ago as valuable enough to put a Stargate on? What happened to turn it into a primordial planet? It, I'm pretty sure that that was like the second guest bedroom, right? You know, they put a Stargate on it because then you'll have it, you know, just in case. Just in case. Because, you know, it's going to be so much harder to put a Stargate on it after there's an advanced civilization. At least now, uh, civilizations can grow up just being like, and there's the God Gate. So and that's what you do. So it's like planting your flag into the moon or something. Yes. I have a flag. Where's I your flag? call shenanigans. I claim this planet for whoever made the Stargate. The people who and no made can the Stargates. That's me. <laughs> so when you the Daleks see? come there, they're like, we cannot be here. You cannot the be here. The creators of the Stargate have been here. Exterminate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, no. That's what We've happened. so far off the That's rails. what happened. The Daleks came. See, and exterminated everything. Oh, and it started oh yeah. There it is. That, that makes sense. Yep. 
There we okay. go. Get Problem a little crossover. Okay. I rescind my previous gripe <laughs> because we have <laughs> figured out the solution. There we go. <laughs> so uh, I've noticed something but that, that happens with us, Zach. Yes. <clears throat> Whenever we have a um, an episode that's just kind of like, yeah, darn good. This, this one's a good episode. Sure. Good. We end up not having enough to <laughs> gripe about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so we end up going off the rails and we're like, let's talk about this other thing, like self-destruct sequences and how the Daleks are somehow part of this universe as well. <laughs> Just saying, well, just, just, just you know, noticing it as an observation. Uh, well, so somebody posted on fa- our Facebook page, or maybe and I shared the photo that I saw from somebody else that has a picture of Captain America and Iron Man looking at this uh, large round ring uh, that looks distinctly like the Stargate, but different from one of mm-hmm. the Avengers cartoons. And uh, clearly they were looking for Thor um, because they have... Thor's hammer. They have the Stargate, you know, so that's what it takes. So, you know, the fact that the Daleks are part of this universe and the yeah. Avengers are part of this universe, um, it, it it all ties together. I All we have to do is just find some way to get the Federation of Planets involved and also the Rebellion, and we're all set. Well, we'll like we're have, just good to go. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. But that does mean, then, Brent, that we are now part of the MCU. No, Ugh. Ugh. but we but we're like the TV shows version of the MCU, which it's is virtually closed. ignored. You know, we're like the redheaded stepchild. Yeah. In case uh, in case it wasn't obvious, I've got opinions about the MCU, and not like standard cartoon or um, comic guy opinions about the MCU. More along the lines of like, I am not breathing the MCU air on a regular basis and I got lost so easily to the point of it's like, I don't even care anymore. So things happened. that, that bad Badness happened. Yeah, who cares? Well... That's what I have to say about that. Hmm. Huh. So you're sounding like a grouchy old man. Grumpy old man is exactly what I am. Get off my lawn. Yep. Get off my Marvel Cinematic Universe lawn. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. Anything else? Uh, I, I got y- nothing else you know, to say. We, we, we have spun around this one in a lot of ways. I had fun with it. I enjoyed it. Um, I thought yeah, you know, me too. it was all you know, good. I, you know, just poking fun at the pieces that we had here. Um, so, uh, yeah. Tell us what you think. There we go. That's what we'll do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We are having a tough time finding things to actually talk about because we just enjoyed it. And we're like, yeah, it's good. It's worthwhile. Uh, so tell us what you liked about this episode. Tell us why we were wrong in this actually terrible episode of SG-1. Uh, and, yeah. you know, whatever. So, Brent. Mm-hmm. Message in a bottle. Yes. Out of seven chevrons. How many chevrons does it get? This one was fun. I like this one. I don't know how much of the overall story arc it advanced, um, but at this particular point, don't really don't really care. I think that the uh, little microscopic writing thing is an intriguing little idea, and uh, I don't know if that'll ever come to back to let us know about something. But whatever, it was kind of cool. Acting was fun. Scenes were good. The blacklight use was great. Um, I got to see uh, Star Trek, uh, Star Trek Scotty, Star Trek Scotty, no Stargate Scotty. And uh, lots of fun things. So I'm going to give it a five. Five out of seven. 
It's just a good time. Yeah. Brent gives it a five. Okay, so, uh, you know, I, I... Every time you say, I give it a five, I'm like, yeah, Brent gives it five. I'm like, every time. And I'm like... And, and when I get out of, off the podcast, I'm like, okay, Zach, you got to stop saying that. That's stupid. Don't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It doesn't matter. Well, see, part of what it is is like I, I'm, I'm typing it into our spreadsheet so yeah. we have a record of that. And I'm like, Brent says yes. five. Okay, so Brent gives it five. But it still sounds dumb. Anyway, it I give it five too. Nobody cares. It's fine. <laughs> You're giving it a two. <laughs> well, no, no, no. no. As well. A five as well. Oh, you're giving it a five, two. <laughs> Not a two? If, if I was giving it a two, I would have a lot more things to gripe about. I'm giving it a two, five. I mean, a five, two. A five, two. A five, point two. A five, a five point, point, two. Yeah. point, two, five. A five, point, two, okay. five, now, two, five, seven. Now it's just getting, it's just getting, <laughs> we should stop. We should stop while we're ahead. We're I'm not sure. So far I think at that point passed a while ago. About? <laughs> I realized I did not Ugh. add our rankings to Thor's chariot into my master spreadsheet, so that means I have to open up uh, that uh, uh, set of show notes and write it in from there into here. Um, but uh, I'll do that uh, while you're not listening to me do that. So. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Super exciting audio. Oh, yeah. So much fun. Yeah. Okay, Brent, the next episode of Stargate SG-1 is entitled Family. Yeah. I will give you a little bit more to work with and say that it is written by Catherine Powers (laughs) and directed by William Garrity. Oh, boy. So what is family about? All right, so let's see here. Catherine Powers and William Garrity and Thor's hammer represented their zenith, and then they've just been kind of puddling along. That's a technical term. Um, Works for me. With Thor's might being the last one, with which featured too many pieces of information done too quickly and kind of a lame, lame-ish resolutions. Yeah, okay. Next time on Stargate SG-1, the Stargate team is suddenly revealed to be not on Earth at all, but on the planet Mars, terraformed many years into the future. Why? How? Don't know. Don't care. Moving along. Next thing that we know, we see an entire alien invasion fleet. Are they ghouled? No, they're not. They're somebody else. Who? I don't know. Too much information. Time to move along. And in the midst of it all, they're suddenly given a puzzle that they're going to have to solve in order to destroy the alien fleet. Why? Don't know. Too much information. Gotta move along. This puzzle is actually quite simple when you take a look at it, but you have to look at it correctly. But don't look at the problem props themselves because the props themselves are going to be incorrect so why don't know too much information moving along so suddenly you get a simple puzzle and you get it all uh, figured out and the next thing you know the stargate is exploding yes exploding why don't know too much time not enough time too much information time to move along and also the alien fleet is exploding at the same time but at the same moment they are releasing an escape pod why don't know too much information and then that escape (laughs) pod lands on the planet earth and is suddenly revealed to be actually a real stargate why don't know too much information and then the sg1 team decides to go to real planet earth after leaving terraformed earth in the in the distant future and they suddenly discover that earth has been uh, manipulated and 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 destroyed many years ago why don't know too much information got to move along and they suddenly realize they have to restart the sg1 program all over again 
Tune in next time for Stargate SG-1. So, I have just one question. Uh-huh. Um, why do they name that episode Family? Don't know. Too much information. Time to move along. <laughs> <laughs> so zach yeah how would i do (laughs) don't know don't care too much information (laughs) time to move move on all right okay so i'm going to hit the go button are you ready to hit the go button i'm ready let's see what this thing's actually about and i'm hitting go now Next on Stargate SG-1. Greetings from Earth. I bring back news. What? Oh, hey, it's Exa! Prime directive of this Ricardo Maltabon! Kilk's family back to Earth. To save his Oh, people, hey, it's he his son! his family. You were the one who abandoned us. What I did was for the future of my people. Now, Teal'c must pay the price. My father, he's evil. His own son. Oh, no! Oh no! This is terrible! Go away! I was never to see you again! Oh man! Oh! Ouch! This has the potential to be an emotional train wreck. Huh! Well, I gotta tell ya. Um. This one might not be so bad. Or it could be complete wreck. Like. Family drama ones are kind of like you know thin ice. If you can, if you do them well, they're like really well done. That, that's very true. Also, didn't we? What? When did we first get to see Ricardo Maltabon? Uh, it was first on uh, met, Chulak. We first met Braytac on Chulak when we were first introduced to Teal'c's son Rodak. To, to his son, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, but, and then um, we saw Braytac again on well, right. Um, Apophis in the Serpent's Lair uh, ships. When they were attacking Earth in the season one finale. Right. Um, I'm just... This episode does feel like an expanded version of that tiny little sub-story when the SG-1 team returned to Chulak. Right? Like, the son... The the family tension arc. Could be. Could be. Too much information. Too much information. Time to move along. Time to move (laughs) along. Oh, okay. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, yeah. but we should mention that oh, yes. next time is not going to be next week. It's going to be two weeks. Oh, yes. So next time is going to be in two weeks' time. Yes, uh, because the aforementioned insanity uh, scheduling, um, uh, you know, probably we could have made it work if we could have found a time uh, in this week where you and I could have actually gotten together. Uh, but every free moment you had this week uh, was booked up for yep. me and vice versa. Yep. So vice versa. Uh, yep. we had talked about maybe actually recording two podcasts today and then releasing one next week for y'all uh, so that you wouldn't notice the delay. Um, <laughs> but uh, well, you know what? Too much information. Got to move on. Too much information. Time to move along. <laughs> in any case, uh, we will be taking a week off, so you'll see us again in a couple of weeks. Um, uh, so uh, in the meantime, uh, in order to get your walking through the Stargate fix, you're going to have to go on to Facebook and yep. really dig into some goofy, zany conversations 
on Facebook, that's your only option. And but once you do that, you will you like you. I think that was a good way to say it. The fix. You'll have your fix. It'll be fine. Yep. It'll be fine. Just just rely on the community members. You just lean just right there. Oh, boy, come on. <laughs> oh my. Okay. Uh, I hope everybody has a good time. Yay. So, uh, in any case. Tell us what you think about message in a yes. bottle. Tell us what you think about yes. us taking a week off. Uh, hint, I don't you care can. a whole lot what you think about that. Right. Because <laughs> it's the reality of life. But you can tell us mm-hmm. if you want. Uh, tell us what's happening in your Stargate universe. Uh, you know, if you were directing family, uh, what would you say that family was all about? Uh, too much information, we probably don't care. No, we do ah. care. We do care. Ah. We care. Catherine we care. might not care, but we do. So yes. let us know by emailing us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com. That's W-A-L-K-I-N-G-T-H-R-U-G-H-T-H-E-S-T-R-G-A-T-E at gmail.com. Perfect. Woo. Well done. Or follow us on Twitter at Stargate Walking. Share your thoughts and your comments and your pics and all of that stuff there. Uh, go to the Facebook page. And your memes, memes of cats. Cats. In Stargates. Stargates. Yes. Uh, I want to see a Stargate wormhole filled with cats. Um. <laughs> oh, be careful what you ask for. <laughs> I'll risk it. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, funny. Uh, awesome. All right. So, uh, anything else left, Brent? Nope. Nope. That's it. Okay. Well, with that, then I'm Zach. And I'm Brent. And this has been Walking Through the Stargate. See you next time. Bye. Carter, dial it up. Get these people home.